Donald Trump will be arraigned on Tuesday in Manhattan in the felony criminal case brought against him by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. The people of the state of New York versus Donald Trump. This the first in many criminal cases likely to be brought against Donald Trump for his disgusting criminal acts. What can we expect? Will the judge issue a gag order? When will the indictment be unsealed? Let's discuss. Marjorie Taylor Greene and MAGA Republicans are planning protests in New York City to coincide with the arraignment of Donald Trump. The New York City mayor, Eric Adams, had stern warnings for Marjorie Taylor Greene and those who seek to come to New York City and commit crimes. 60 Minutes on CBS lost all credibility this weekend, doing a disgusting puff piece on Marjorie Taylor Greene, which saw their ratings plummet 33%. Now, here's the thing. You know, the media is enamored with normalizing these fascist figures, ostensibly because they think it's good for their ratings when it's actually the exact opposite. Look, people despise Donald Trump. People despise Marjorie Taylor Greene and people despise the MAGA movement and they despise media networks that are complicit in normalizing their hate and disinformation. When will they learn? Jack Smith, need I say more? I need not because the mere mention of his name scares Donald Trump. But I shall, because discussing Jack's wins scares Donald Trump even more. (laughs) And there wouldn't be a show if I just said Jack Smith. Jack's got the goods. New reporting suggests Jack Smith has key evidence linking Donald Trump directly to felony obstruction of justice charges that could see Donald Trump go to jail for the rest of his life. The term laboratories of autocracy. It's a term that was coined by David Pepper, friend of the Midas Touch Network, to discuss how certain red states were testing policies like laboratories, if you will, to destroy democratic institutions in their states as models for the MAGA Republican nationwide plan. Let's discuss what's happening in Tennessee and Florida, where MAGA Republicans in those states have just completely abandoned democracy and operate fascist state governments. And finally, President Biden is in Minnesota sharing his Invest in America plan, unleashing a manufacturing and innovation boom. Normal. It's what government's supposed to do. Can we talk about jobs? Can we talk about getting people health care? Can we talk about the things that Americans care about and stop this MAGA Republican nonsense, please? This is... The Midas Touch Podcast. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Brett and Jordy. What's up, Ben? What's up, Midas Mighty? What's up, Jordy? It's great to see everybody here on the Midas Touch Podcast. Always great to be with you. And I got to say, we're just watching that 60 Minutes disaster, watching the latest coverage on the cable news 
uh, in the legacy media, reading these headlines that they say about these deranged Donald Trump rallies. You know, it oftentimes when in, in normal circumstances, stuff like that would get me down. It would make me depressed. It would make me angry. And don't get me wrong. It still does make me incredibly angry to see the media falling into the same exact traps that they've fallen into in all these past years. It's like they've learned absolutely nothing mm-hmm. about how to cover these fascists. But the reason why it doesn't get me down the way it used to is because we have the Midas mighty. We have all of you out here. And I know I am eager every single day to get here on this show and to be able to hit you with the facts, actually cover these stuff the way that it's supposed to be covered. And that's why I am more motivated, actually, by watching the disastrous coverage that we see. But, oh, there is good news on the horizon, too, folks. Tuesday, if you're listening to this on audio, that is today. If you're watching us live, that is tomorrow. Donald Trump being arraigned, everybody. This is big, big news. Excited to talk about that. Excited. We, we have to dig in to the laboratories of autocracy that Ben mm. was talking about. What's happening in Tennessee right now is absolutely disgusting. We need to give the people of Tennessee a megaphone. We need to be able, we need to be showing this to yeah. all the Americans out there. We need to be watching what Ron DeSantis is doing. And I'm so excited to break it all down. Jordy, how are you doing today? Hey, brothers. Hey, might is mighty. Man, Brett, just like you, this is the highlight of my week right here. Our shows, the bi-weekly shows, I absolutely love it. And I love it because of exactly what we saw today. The legacy media is not up for this moment. You can't trust them to cover this honestly and with the diligence that it needs. And so when we jump into this chat and there are so many people already here, subscribed, we're all talking, I get excited. I do because I'm like, hey, I get to hang out with sane, rational people who actually truly care about democracy and not how big Donald Trump's plane is. So, hey, thank you for tuning in and joining the show early. This is going to be an excellent episode. Make sure you're subscribed right now to the Midas Touch YouTube channel or on audio or both. And let's get the show on the road, folks. You know, part of this propaganda propagated by MAGA Republicans, right, is to make their small size, to use Stormy Daniels' uh, statement, their tiny, tiny size to make it feel bigger than they really are, right? That's why they're obsessed with crowd size. That's why they're obsessed with the ratings and the numbers, right? but they don't have the numbers, okay? Thank you. And the, and the media networks just keep on getting faked out and just saying, or, or maybe they're not getting faked out. I mean, they're probably straight complicit, but they go on and they basically try to make these people bigger figures than they are. Brett, you mentioned the Marjorie Taylor Greene appearance. Now, CBS and 60 Minutes, I presume, did that because they think they're just going to shock everybody and get these great ratings. Well, ratings were down 33% from that episode because people don't want to watch a fascist traitor have a puff piece made against her. So people tune it out. We knew it was going to be a 
puff piece when 60 Minutes tweeted about it. And pull that tweet up one more time there, Brett. This is, we're not even going to show you the video clips because frankly, if we showed you the clips, I'm not, I'm not even going to promote that in any way. But this is what 60 Minutes said. They go, Georgia Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, nicknamed MTG, isn't afraid to share her opinions no matter how intense and in your face they are. She sits down with Leslie Stahl this Sunday on 60 Minutes. Look, it's not that her opinions are intense, nor is it that her opinions are in my face. I don't know what that means. They're just they're hitting my face, her opinions. Opinion, opinion, opinion. Her her views are fascist. Her views are traitorous. She spews disgusting things that are complete abhorrent lies. And they not just need to be, they don't just need to be checked. They need to be called out each and every second. And you can't platform that nonsense. So she goes and does this interview when she calls Democrats pedophile shows. They're they're the party of pedophilia. And uh and Leslie Stahl just sits there and goes, hmm, okay. Okay. You know, if if you're gonna do that interview, how do you not have the list yeah. of the actual hundreds mm-hmm. of Republicans? Thousands. thousands. I was gonna say hundreds in the past week. We've made multiple past- videos. <laughs> Yeah, we had to do a video, and honestly, we, when we cut the video off at six minutes, where we listed all of the Republicans, we, we who had to are do actually, two videos. We actually made a follow-up video because there were that many more, including like just in the past week, some of these people have actually gotten their prison sentence after being convicted. But you could go. I think Daily Coast has like a, a list of the thousands and thousands of Republicans, and all Leslie Stahl had to do. She knew she was going to be confronted with that. She knew she was asking that question. You need to be armed with the facts in order to clap back against that sort of thing. Hey, one of the recent speakers of the House of the Republican Party, Speaker of the House, Dennis Hastert, yeah. went to jail for child sex crimes. You don't have that locked and loaded to go into that interview. And by the way, I, I like I actually don't fully agree with the notion that these people should never be interviewed. You know, I, I don't give believe you that, that in its that. entirety. But I think if they're going to be interviewed, you need somebody right. who is at the top of their game who is able to confront them on their BS. And there are a multitude of people who I would trust in that role. You know, a Rachel Maddow would be incredible in that role. And Ari Melber is really good in that role. A John Stewart, even though he's not a journalist, is incredible in that role. He does on his Apple show an incredible job at bringing these people on and tearing apart their talking points. But when you have a show that's an archaic show, like a 60 Minutes, with somebody who is used to doing more of these sorts of puff pieces on on things that are happening in the country, you cannot go into that interview and be ill-prepared over somebody who has absolutely zero shame whatsoever. And literally within the 24 hours before and after this interview, we've seen some of the most vile, vile tweets that we've ever seen 
from Marjorie Taylor Greene. And we're not even getting to the part of her stalking school shooting survivors and yelling at them or saying that Sandy Hook was a false flag or saying that 9-11 is a conspiracy theory and it was actually an inside job. Right. And all the BS that she spews, all the toxicity that she spews. Now she's trying to go to New York and her thing and the Republicans thing is, let's just talk a lot of trash about New York. We're just going to, we, we could openly just hate on the country. All we do, MAGA, all we do is we talk about how crappy the United States of America is. We talk about how yeah, shitty our do. cities yep. are. We talk about how how just disgusting the United States of America is. MAGA is a movement that actually despises America. And if you don't believe me, listen to any speech at a Trump rally. Listen mm-hmm. to any Marjorie Taylor Greene speech. Look at her Twitter feed, whatever you want. It is a fundamentally anti-American movement. They they do hate this country. They hate the institutions and they hate democracy and they want to see democracy replaced with autocracy. And this is going to be a theme that ties in later in the episode when we come back around and we start talking about what happens, what's happening right now in Tennessee, what's happening in Florida, because you see what happens when these MAGA maniacs, you see exactly what happens when they actually get that supermajority, when they actually get the power that they so desperately crave, when they are allowed to go on Unchecked. That's when you see the true nature of a political party. And you know what? We've seen what the Democrats do when they have control yeah. of all the chambers, mm-hmm. right? We saw that in the last uh, Congress when Democrats controlled the House, barely the Senate, if you want to say that, and the presidency. They were pushing things like, let's cap insulin prices. Let's try to stop gouging at the gas pumps. These were the things the Democrats were focused on, trying to pass bill after bill after bill. But when the Republicans get into power and they have super majorities in these state legislatures, perhaps where it's the most important, what do they do? They start unleashing their brand of fascism, trying to strip any opposition of power, going after businesses, everything that they claim to be for as quote unquote conservatives, free market conservatives, that all goes straight out the window the second they have power. That's why you can't let them frame the debate. That's why you need to be on the offense. And that's why you need to call these traitors out and not mince words and not pretend like we are living in normal times. Enough is enough, folks. And we he- we are here. We are the line of defense and we are the offense to go against them. That's right. a bread right. right there. Let's go. Oh, my. I need a microphone that I could just drop when you guys do these early rants. Early bread Early, often. I'm fi- I told and, you I'm and, fired and, up. I've been excited good. to be on this show because I've been so enraged by the coverage I'm seeing. And I'm enraged by what I'm seeing out right. there across the country. It is infuriating. But at least I know that we here have a voice, that our listeners have a voice. And the Midas Mighty is strong. We just blew past a million subscribers on YouTube. Oh, we have go. millions of other followers yeah. on all of our other platforms and subscribe. listeners. Keep we subscribing. Hit subscribe. It's Keep it's subscribe. It's free. It's free. Subscribe. And the reason that I I love those numbers is not just because, oh, look, we got a lot of followers. How cool. It's because every single one of those numbers, every single one of those people, that's a person. That's a person with a megaphone, with a voice who could use it. And collectively, our voices are actually louder and more powerful than the MAGA voices, than the Fox News voices, than all this corruption that we are seeing. That's why I am happy to see it. That was like a little earthquake Brett rant with the, you, you got the main one and then you got a little aftershock. Call it aftershock. I love, I love, let me comment on the, on the 60 minute story real quick before, <laughs> we, before we move off. Intense opinions, intense opinions. 
That is so intellectually dishonest. It is unbelievable. And tell me what's an intense opinion that Marjorie int- that that she wants to shoot Nancy Pelosi in the head. That she's a, that she agrees with that. That that that's what you're calling an, an intense opinion. That she accosts David Hogg on the street, uh, a, a high school gun survivor of a school shooting. That he calls it. That she calls him uh, um, a crisis right. actor. That that's what that's what she that's what sixty minutes is, is telling you is an intense opinion. There has to be a way to differentiate truth from fiction without sugarcoating it. It's 2023. You can't be afraid to call a fascist a fascist and a lunatic a lunatic. And, and what Marjorie you Taylor Greene is a lunatic. And what you noticed in the edit, uh, if you noticed this, Jordy, um, as an editor, I certainly picked up on it, is there was not a lot of pushback on Marjorie Taylor Greene in person. A lot of the pushback that they actually had was edited in after the fact. So there was not a lot of in-person confrontation. So they'd let her say it. Leslie Stahl would say something like, okay, wow, that was a lot. And then they would cut to a piece in 20, no, no, Marjorie Taylor Greene wrote this, da, 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 da. And then they showed her thing. It's really just not as effective as actually putting that person in the hot seat and making them answer for it right then and there. And then they also did like bizarre things. Like I think it was the part where she was speaking about Parkland, where she, you know, called uh, David Hawk a crisis actor, all the stuff you were just saying. I think as she was talking about the lies, they would like show vi- videos of her like working out in the gym. Um, Leslie Stahl like went to her dining room and they were like looking through photos. Marjorie on her Taylor phone. Green likes to keep fit. They were like in her kitchen and all that stuff. It's like, like, why, why, what are we doing here, people? Like, what, yeah. what, what, what are we doing? And you could be do a critical piece of somebody, as you should, because objectively, this person is poison. And it should be critical if you are being an honest broker of, of the news. Yes. You could do that, A, without interviewing her. B, if you're going to interview her, you need to hold her feet to the fire and not be like, oh, look at these cute pictures in your living room. Oh, so sweet. Oh, look at the workout routine. I mean, like, what, what are we doing, folks? Look what, at the what workout. What are we doing here? Look at the workout routine. And Marjorie Taylor Greene would say things like, what, are you going to fact check all of my statements from kindergarten through 12th grade? Um, no, but we are going to fact check you. And these are in kindergarten, kindergarten through 12th grade. By the way, if you made racist and despicable comments kindergarten through 12th grade, I, I still think you, you, you may need to explore that. Um, but these are statements that you made like yesterday. Like yeah. these are statements that you made a week ago. These are statements that you still continue to make. And, you know, one of the things that she's been posting about are these protests that she wants to hold uh, in New York. And she's doing it with uh, a group called the New York Young Republicans Club. And the New York Re- Young Republicans Club just put out uh, a statement that says um, President Trump embodies the American people, our psyche, from the id to the superego as does no other figure. His soul is totally bonded with our core values and emotions, and he is our total and indisputable champion. The tremendous connection threatens the established order. I mean, that's the, that's the group. It's a cult. Who she's it's a cult. That's, that's like, you know, it's, 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 been, it's been pretty wild it's over the past few years to see the de-evolution of the New York Republican, young Republicans. I mean, that's just one quote I've seen dozens more from them. And they are straight up just a a fascist movement. Remember they held that event too, that 
I think was Marjorie at that event. I, I think Steve yeah, Bannon she was there. It, it was like a fascist event. Santos was there. She Santos, was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene actually gave a speech at the event where she had said some just completely insane and deranged yes, things. Yes. And, you know, and she was threatening people, you know, and then she goes, oh, I wasn't threatening people. I was just giving a hypothetical. Well, here's this. Here's what she's posting uh, on Twitter about these protests that she wants to have around the arraignment. And she says, protesting is a constitutional right. And I am going to New York on Tuesday to protest this unprecedented abuse of our justice system and election interference. I also reject any attempt in anyone who dresses in MAGA, but incites violence or commits violence while pretending to be one of us. You are not one of us. You are one of them. We will not live in fear and we will lawfully stand against tyranny and corruption while we show our support for President Trump. He's, again, not the president. And what she's already setting up, she's already setting up the conspiracy that it's going to be like Antifa when there's violence and that it's other people doing this, not the insurrectionists or anything like that. Do we have the clip from Eric Adams, mayor of New York? And this is what Eric Adams had to say to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Play the clip. City in America because we respect the rule of law in New York City. And although we have no specific threats, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread misinformation and hate speech, uh, she stated she's coming to town. While you're in town, be on your best behavior. As always, we will not allow violence or vandalism of any kind. And if one is caught participating in any act of violence, They will be arrested and held accountable, no matter who you are. Yeah, and then Marjorie Taylor Greene responded that that was a threat directed at her and that New York City Mayor Eric Adams was now weaponizing the government against her. And she made a statement. Such a a MAGA tactic. All all of a sudden, play play, play the victim after you instigate "Ah," and say, oh, what are you doing? How How could you come after me like this? I mean, look, I, I, I'm not making a prediction, but I just I'm just going to say I would not be surprised if she actually tries to get arrested tomorrow as, as some sort of political stunt statement, if you will. She she she's so far gone and so dangerous to our democracy that anything is possible. I hope she does. Honestly, I really hope she, yeah, just arrest her. Just enough, enough. If she's gonna go, whatever. Um, she has, and then she wrote like, I guess she just got to New York, and so like I said earlier, like her first thing is to just crap on New York. Like she goes to the city, and then she just is like, it's horrible here. Oh my god! It's like I, I don't know how these people get through the day. Like, like you know, we're we're all from New York. I love New York City. Uh, this is what Marjorie Taylor Greene has to say <laughs> about New York. And imagine a Democrat saying about this. Anywhere, Idaho, this shithole. Like, can you just imagine? <laughs> you, like, You're so right. Imagine just so once, right. just once. Marjorie Taylor Greene goes, Mayor Adams and disgraced DA, disgraced DA. What a freaking clown! Alvin Bragg should be ashamed of themselves. On my way to my hotel in New York City, I've seen many people so drugged up that they can't even stand up. They just fall over on the sidewalks from using drugs at Mayor Adams' free drug use centers. But all of these communist Democrats care about is arresting President Trump for their made-up crimes. Uh, I just don't know how someone like this goes through a day, like wakes up and just is so angry, wakes up first thing, let's tweet negatively about New York. No, I had an idea. Let's actually go to New York and I'll live tweet fake things that I see in the street just to own the libs. Unbelievable. No, I was asked this question. I went on on the weekend show with Anthony Davis. That was a great episode. 
All the shows are great episodes. That was an especially great episode seeing you on there. I didn't know you were going on. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jordy. Um, But what I said is that like for Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, right? Being a MAGA Republican, being in the Republican Party is frankly the only job they could ever get anywhere, right? Yeah, they're unhired. It is the the highest, they, they are unemployable anywhere else because there's no other job really in America where you could just harass people and lie and spread conspiracy theories like that and just be completely incompetent and be unhinged and not do any research, right? The MAGA Republican Party provides a outlet for really people who are kind of can't get jobs anywhere else. That's why they flock to this, uh, you know, flock to this completely deranged movement, Brett. And as you mentioned, you know, it was interesting to see, you know, how the young Republicans of New York took this turn. That's just who the Republican Party is now. That's why I always say large media networks can no longer talk about things the way they used to. You can't have a paradigm where you're like Democrats, progressive, liberal, Republicans, conservative. It's not. I mean, there is a MAGA Republican fascist party whose leadership, not fringe, is Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, their cult leader, Donald Trump. But then you got Jim Jordan, you know, Matt Gates, the, the, the whole crew of them. That's that's George Santos. That's just who they are. And I'm sorry, that is not a conservative movement. Right. That's, there's nothing conservative about those views. About and, and those, Ben, if they were you know, fringe figures, if, if this was Marjorie Taylor Greene, random lady from Rome, Georgia with a podcast or something, you know, like – and if all of them were like that, we'd be like, okay, these are a random people, though, who have found their home in the Republican Party, with his, which is worth some introspection on their part. But at least they're not promoting these kinds of people. These, these people aren't the actual people with the power. And for a long time, that's what the Republican Party was. The Republican Party, for a very long time, had these forces within it. But they were able to do a fairly okay job at keeping them sort of underground. Yeah. For a little bit. I mean, I always think back to that John McCain clip uh, during the uh, the town hall that he had when he was going up against uh, President Obama, when that woman said, uh, you know, but Obama, he's a, a Muslim, a Muslim. Right. And and uh, John McCain said, listen, that we don't deal in conspiracy theories here. He's a good man. I respect uh, uh, President Obama or Barack Obama. I'm not sure he was president at the time there. And so that was the Republican Party back then. Today they go, you want to run for Congress, lady? That's a great platform right there. Let's make you the de facto speaker of the House. Let's put you on the Education Committee. Let's push you on the Homeland Security Committee. I'll, I'll push I'll push back on you slightly, though, with McCain, though. McCain wanted to appease the crazies. McCain wanted oh, yeah. to appease that crowd. That's why he had Sarah Palin. And, great he, and, and, yeah. he insta- and he instantly regretted it. He knew he made a mistake. And his view and what his advisor had told him is if you want to win you have to appeal to that base at that time 
I think we were better equipped with the way media was at that time yeah. and the way and the way society had not let down its guard. So yeah. when Sarah Palin was doing that routine, people were like, okay, that is some completely you crazy are 100 percent accurate, Ben. 100 percent. And at that point, I mean, social media isn't what it was today. Exactly. Um, That's we didn't issue. have the proliferation of this. Accurate disinformation that was being spread everywhere. And today, I hate to say it, but you look at Sarah Palin, who tried and, and unsuccessfully tried to to run in, in the last elections and, and lost. You look at somebody like that and you're like, oh, that's just the normal of the Republic. Like that's the baseline. Like, <laughs> like she's not even crazy for this modern day Republican Party anymore. Like that's the norm for them. And then there are some people who are slightly less crazy, and most of them who are far crazier than her. They took the baton and the crazy baton, and they ran, man. They they yeah. ran. The, the, and look, I mean, you know, there, there's there's they're this crazy. Their their former indicted president has a band called the J Six Choir. Crazy. That's that. I mean, that sums it up for you right there. That's who. That's who this Republican Party is. And, and speaking of which, apparently the J6 choir was at Mar-a-Lago this past weekend. And uh, Alina Haba, Donald Trump's lawyer, gave an interview where she talked about over the weekend, Donald Trump was hanging out with the J6 choir. <laughs> In the J6 families, and he said that they were in prayers together, and um, and it was you know something that she said was an incredible sight to behold. And at the same time, you have that you have Jim Jordan, the MAGA Republican who chairs the Judiciary Committee. I, I just want to say this about you know Jim Jordan. All there's a lot I could say about Jim Jordan, but I want to I want to say this though too. Jim Jordan is not a licensed lawyer. Okay, so setting aside how incompetent he is, how deranged he is, right? Let's just start with basic competence and then let's get to deranged, right? Wouldn't you want the person leading the Judiciary Committee, the Judiciary Committee, to be someone who has passed the minimal competency exam for being a licensed attorney in any state. Let's begin with that baseline. For MAGA Republicans, the answer is no. And what I'm saying, I'm not saying that you have to pass the bar exam to be smart, that the bar exam is actually a good test to determine if you are a good lawyer. I took the bar exam at California. It was three days. It was like six hours each day. I left that exam and did it make me a better lawyer after passing it? Uh, truthfully, I don't think so, but <laughs> it's still the minimal competency exam for having your license. And Jim Jordan doesn't have a law license. And that's, you know, so he does the routine where he rolls up his, his sleeves and he doesn't wear a jacket. And frankly, you could just tell that psychologically, he's someone who is just so jealous of a Jamie Raskin, right? He so wants to be an Eric Swalwell, for example, and he can't intellectually compete with them. He doesn't have any of their skills and attributes, and he's not a licensed lawyer. Okay, then we could get into the fact that Jim Jordan is just a heinous human being. 
after we get past threshold of having no competence whatsoever. We could talk about the fact that Jim Jordan covered up sexual abuse at the college where he worked in the wrestling department. And then he was crying to people who were sexually assaulted, telling them, please do not go public. Please do not go public. And he tried to retaliate against actual whistleblowers. We could go there. But going back to what I said about Republicans, Jim Jordan couldn't get a job anywhere else as a lawyer because he ain't one. Okay, and he really couldn't get a job anywhere else because he's incompetent and a disgusting human being. Yet he's the person who they have lead the Judiciary Committee. This is what Jim Jordan said as a result of the various investigations into Donald Trump. He talks about defunding the FBI and DOJ over this weekend here. Let's play this clip of of Jim. Jordan saying this, play it. Our job, but we're legislators. Our job is to pass pass legislation, write laws and pass legislation. So we'll look at that. Okay. And maybe most importantly, Maria, is we control the power of the purse. And that's we're going to have to look at the appropriations process and limit funds going to some of these agencies, particularly the ones who are engaged in the most egregious behavior. So the DOJ and the FBI. Yeah. And, and what I'd really like, frankly, I'd really like for the government just to stay out of the election process. I mean, heinous, heinous. Maria Bartiroma, who's one of the central figures in the defamation lawsuit by Dominion against Fox, which is set to go to trial in the next few weeks, will be great when she takes the stand. And they just go up there and just disparage the FBI and the DOJ. And you've got to defund it, by the way. You could be critical. I'm okay with being critical. Is the FBI right about everything? Is the DOJ right about it? Of course, be critical of them. But you are doing it because they are engaged in a criminal investigation of Donald Trump because Donald Trump engages in criminal conduct in front of all of our eyes. You want to talk about the document case where Donald Trump stole thousands of government records? He had two years to turn over the records before finally the Department of Justice was like, okay. I guess we have to now issue a search warrant because he keeps on lying to us. Okay, all Donald Trump had to do is what any normal human being would do in that situation, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, okay, they they know I have the documents, okay? I'm going to now take the documents that I took and I shouldn't have taken it. The National Archives has asked for it back. I'm going to return it to them. And does Donald Trump do that? No. What does he do? He lies to them over and says, you have all of the records. You have all of the records. So they have to refer it to the Department of Justice because they keep on being lied to by him. And then the Department of Justice is like, hey, can we please get our records back? And he's like, I've turned it over. And then he turns over like 15 boxes in January of 2022, where he like cherry picks himself the documents he wants to turn over, turns those over. And DOJ's like, okay, we know you still have these documents. Can you please, we have a log of them. Can you please turn them over? Nothing's going to happen. Just please turn them over to us. They don't belong to you. Donald Trump doesn't do it. So the DOJ is like, okay, you know, it's like 14 months have passed. Okay, we're going to issue a subpoena. They, they issue a subpoena from a grand jury. Can you turn over these records? You're hereby commanded to. Then Donald Trump sets up a meeting with his attorneys, Evan Corcoran and uh, Christina Bob. And in a red weld folder, they pick 37 documents. And we now learned from the new evidence that Jack Smith has, it was actually Donald Trump 
who selected these documents himself, that it was Donald Trump himself who went through it and cherry picked. And the lawyers were telling Trump, hey, you're violating the law. You, you need to turn over these records. What are you doing? And Trump would say, ah, it's not a big deal. Just here you go. These are all the documents. There's there's nothing else. So Donald Trump's lawyers in this red weld folder turn over 37 documents, uh, classified records back to the Department of Justice's top counterintelligence officials. They sign an attestation under penalty of perjury that that's all of the records. And the Department of Justice knows that's a lie. So finally, on August 8th, they have to execute a search warrant. And what do they find? Thousands, not not a dozen, thousands of government records and over a hundred classified records. Now, Donald Trump doesn't have to. That's not a politicization of anything. Any normal people, any normal person in that situation doesn't steal. You're not allowed to steal these records. Do we have, Brett, the Hannity interview with Donald Trump or even Hannity then asks him the question? Hannity asks Donald Trump the question, a simple question. And and Hannity goes, listen, I can't imagine you ever saying, bring me some of the boxes that we brought from the White House. I, I can't imagine you saying that. And Donald Trump's like, Oh, yeah, no, I would say that. I would say that. <laughs> and, and, and watch this clip because Hannity <laughs> yeah. along the way tries to give Trump every single opportunity to say the correct thing. He's like, well, OK, let's move on. Let's move on. And Trump's like, no, 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 no. I would do that. I would absolutely do that. Here, here's the full clip because you just got to hear it. You got to see it to believe it. I can't I can't imagine you ever saying, um, bring me some of the boxes that we brought back from the White House. I'd like to look at them. Did you ever do that? I would have the right to do that. There's nothing wrong with but it. But I know you. I don't think you would do well, it. I, I don't have a lot of time, but I would have the right to do that. Right. I would do that. There'd be All right, let me wrong. move on. Let me, Remember this. Yeah. This is the President's Records Act. I have the right to take stuff. Do you know that they ended up paying Richard Nixon, I think, $18 million for what he had? They did the Presidential Records Act. They okay, literally the presidential law. Go on. They literally passed the law in response to Nixon. <laughs> it says the complete opposite. It literally says that you, Donald Trump, you, the president, these documents are not yours. The Presidential Records Act literally says the exact opposite of what Donald Trump is saying it says. It doesn't say, sure, all those documents, they're all yours. It literally says that they belong to the government and that they have to be taken care of. They have to be accounted for. It's 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 clear as day. That's not even a debate. There is no alternate interpretation. That's it. That is the Presidential Records Act. It's just such a brazen lie. And like I said, Hannity tries to give him every opportunity. Yes. Okay, we're, mo- we're moving on now. We're moving on now. We're moving on. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. And then at the end, I think just, you know, to get into Donald Trump's state of mind just a little bit, yeah. I thought it was very peculiar that Donald Trump at the end of it goes, they gave Richard Nixon $18 million for dollars for his documents. They, totally. they gave him- It's a confession. Like- Okay, so is that uh, is that motive? Is is that a little bit of your motivation? Did you want Brilliant. to extort the United States government for these documents? Were you hoping to get a premium to give these documents back? And you know, Jack Smith is just watching all this and going, "I can't believe the guy just just said that out loud." And and Jordy, before you go, that's some of the new bombshell evidence that Jack Smith has gathered. Jack Smith is asking witnesses questions like, "Was Trump showing these documents as trophies?" 
trophies to donors? Mm-hmm. Was Trump going around and showing these to third parties? And what was he doing with these documents? And by the way, we kind of know already the answers. Yes, I mean, remember, he's caught on tape with Bob Woodward showing him the classified documents <laughs> with his right. letters with Kim Jong-un. Like, we, if he's doing it on the record with a reporter... and bragging to the reporter about how he has these records. He's doing it with everybody else. By the way, Jack Smith also now has evidence from one of Trump's top assistants um, showing like basically Trump's schedule every single day at Mar-a-Lago. So Jack Smith's got that information. Bad Bad dog, Jack Smith. He's also got evidence how Trump himself was the one actually taking out these documents like Trump himself after the Supreme was like, I want these. I don't want these. You could give these back. I'll take these back. (laughs) Trump was asking the lawyers like, hey, is this illegal? And the lawyers would say, yeah. And he would ignore that advice anyway. So when we see that indictment, by the way, that claim obstruction of justice has a sentence of 20 years. The mutilation concealment statute is like 10 years. And then the Espionage Act, I think, is three to five years. So you add all of these together with multiple counts. That's Trump being in jail for the rest of his life. Jordy. The Hannity clip, very serious. I, I just want to preface it. It's hilarious. I mean, every time these guys, every time Trump's on TV, every time his lawyer's on TV, they just further incriminate themselves at this point. Like you just, honestly, you just have to appreciate it. They're just willing to confess their crimes on, on live TV. Hannity, Brett, to your point, is walking Trump through that entire court from the setup. You would never do like, like framing it for him to say no, tries to pivot and move off. Let, let's move off. No. If you told me someone cut that up and, and, and like, and, and ran that on funny or die, you know, in like the mid two, I would be like, okay, yeah, that's funny. No, that's the clip not cut up. That's an admission. I mean, where are we at this time where, when, when, I just I I can't even I can't even speak I can't even I'll tell, speak right I'll now. I'll tell you where we are, George. I'll tell you where we are. We are less Bro. than 24, oh, 24 hours away from the arraignment of Donald Trump in Manhattan. Donald Trump has arrived in New York. He's set to be booked. A mugshot will almost certainly be taken of Donald Trump. Um, that's all going down tomorrow. Um, now Donald Trump turned down a lower profile arraignment that he was actually offered to do it by Zoom. He wanted to go there and make it a very kind of circus spectacle. And then his lawyers filed in court. And Judge Juan Mershon, the judge that is uh, presiding over the matter, clearly is going to know what is taking place here. He's going to know that he's going to be that Donald Trump's filing these frivolous motions. So Judge Juan Mershon is going to be clearly onto it. But Trump's lawyers are saying we don't want a circus-like atmosphere here. But anyway, we will talk about that more right after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Now, the last few years especially have been a wild ride filled with my own personal self-realizations and growth. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Now, I personally have benefited directly from therapy, allowing myself to talk through and work through experiences in my past that were unknowingly having a major impact on the way I go about my day to day. 
Therapy is an incredibly helpful tool for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Now, over time, I've truly learned how to become the best version of myself. And look, therapy is for everyone, not just folks who may have experienced major traumas, because what you're going through, what you're working through, it matters and never discount that. Now, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Midas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Midas. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Hold On. Plastic. It's everywhere. It's everywhere we look and not enough is being done about it. 100 billion plastic bags are used and then thrown away every year. Yeah, that plastic bag you see in the gutter or floating in a stream or washed up on the beach, multiply that by 100 billion. Yikes, am I right? But there's a better way and it could start with a better bag. Hold On is a company born from the idea that there must be a better way to go about our daily chores. Now, trash bags and kitchen bags, they're necessary staples, but do they need to be 100% plastic? 100% no! Hold On trash and kitchen bags are heavy-duty, plant-based, non-toxic, and 100% home compostable, which means they break down in weeks, not decades, without filling up our landfills or polluting our oceans. Hold On wants to be part of the growing movement away from single-use plastics, which, if you ask most experts, is the single worst kind of plastic. At every stage, production, disposal, decomposition, plastic bags are doing harm to our earth, our water, and even our bodies. Hold On is absolutely amazing. One, they're a woman-owned, woman-founded company. Two, the Hold On bags are incredibly durable and sleek. It's so good to know that what I'm using is plant-based, non-toxic, and 100% home compostable. To shop plant-based bags and replace single-use plastics all over your home, visit holdonbags.com slash Midas or enter Midas at checkout to save 20% off your order. Sustainability has never been more simple. That's H-O-L-D-O-N bags.com slash Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S, or enter Midas to receive 20% off your order. Small things can lead to lasting change if we stop and say, hold on. Thank you, Hold On, for sponsoring this episode. Let's go. And thank thank you, Jordy, for those reads. Pretty incredible. I got to tell you, I really put like each one of those reads probably takes me about 45 minutes. Like I really try and find my inner, (laughs) my inner core and soul for each one of those. So Jordy just, Jordy just disappears for the entire day. (laughs) And if you want to support our great sponsors who help these shows happen, you could always go to the description of this video or podcast. All the links and information are right there. So big arraignment day, folks. I know I'm excited to see all this go down Finally, just a little bit of justice. Uh, we'll see if that mugshot goes down. There are reports that it are that it is. There are some conflicting reports that it may not. We will see. Um, I, I sure hope that there is. Uh, and then I guess the next question that's up in the air is: Will the judge, uh, Judge Mershon, will he consider any type of gag order on Trump? I mean, Trump has already mm-hmm. made a series of threats against the judge, threats against Alvin Bragg. Now he is, of course, a candidate for. For the Republican nomination, I don't know if they will weigh that into any uh, that into this at all. Ben, I, you know, I, I don't need you to go on the record with a firm yes or no on Willie gag order, but what's your general kind of thought on that? Well, Ben, let me let me let me build on that question too, Brett. Um, 
if there is a gag order, what happens if there's a violation of said gag order as well? If there's a violation on the record, on the record, if there's a violation of the gag order, you could be held in contempt, which could be a monetary fine or could eventually be prison if you routinely violate a gag order. It won't be like a massive sentence, but violations and being held in contempt in a criminal proceeding, you go to jail 20, 30 days, but you wouldn't get there for the first violation. You'd probably get a monetary fine and then the monetary fine would uh, escalate. I think what will happen and I'll go on the record with my prediction. Ooh, I think Judge Juan Mershon is not going to issue a gag order on the first one. I think what he's going to say is that he's aware of and familiar with the threats that have taken place, that he is considering a gag order, and if further conduct uh, consistent with the prior threats occurs, he will issue the gag order. I think the judge will want to first put that on the record, knowing that Donald Trump will likely almost immediately violate it. This way, the judge will also say, look, my goal is not to try to issue a gag order in general. Like, and, and in normal times, I, I would not want to issue one, especially where there is a potential First Amendment right in connection with, you know, political campaigning. So that's what the judge will say. However, the judge will say this speech at issue is not political campaigning. This speech is threatening. It's obvious what the gag order would be focused on. I can give a narrowly tailored gag order regarding your threats, and you are hereby ordered not to post threats about Alvin Bragg, about this court, about the jurors, about this judicial process, period. And any threat, uh, any threatening statement will be met by, uh, a, you know, by a future gag order. And then there will be eventually uh, contempt if you are in continuous violation of it. So I think the judge will take it in steps. Here's something to know about Judge Juan Mershon as well. Judge Mershon was the same judge who presided over uh, the felony case against the Trump organization, where the Trump organization was convicted on felony, 17 felony counts. And Judge Morshan had told the Trump organization CFO, Alan Weisselberg, that he would have actually wanted a more significant sentence for Weisselberg um, if Weisselberg did not enter the plea deal that he did and said that Weisselberg was clearly infected by a ton of greed and other misconduct that was at play. And so Judge Mershon is not a fan of the Trump organization, um, not because he doesn't like the Trump organization, but they've come before his court and he's seen firsthand their crimes. Remember what their defense was as the Trump organization, which completely pissed the jurors off. And it's somewhat similar to their defense here, where they argued in the Trump organization case, well, what are we talking about here? $200,000 in benefits to Alan Weisselberg that were improperly reported? Like, who cares? $200,000. And the jurors were like, what are you talking about? It makes it worse, by the way, that you can have so much money 
and still be that greedy. It doesn't make it better that you are still going to commit crimes when you're already making good money. And for the jurors, they're like, we're not making 200K. What are you talking about that that's pocket change? And if it was pocket change, then why were you doing it? And notice here similarly, right? There really isn't any defense out there that, oh, Donald Trump is innocent. I rarely, if ever, hear anybody on the show. that you are so right. They, they, right, they're they're not arguing that that he's innocent. You know, they're just their arguments are Manhattan sucks. But you know, there's other crimes Manhattan should prosecute. Well, Manhattan is crimes down in in Manhattan, and so it's like, well, the, the DA should be focused on other issues. Well, there's no one saying Trump didn't do it. Trump committed a crime. Trump falsified business records and he did it in connection with an election. And he had a fairly elaborate criminal conspiracy beginning with the National Enquirer, which engaged in these disgusting catch and kill schemes leading up to the election. It started with them paying Karen McDougal $150,000 to buy the rights to her life story to kill it. And when I say they, Trump didn't pay for it. The National Enquirer paid $150,000. That is a campaign contribution because you're supposed to pay it to the to the campaign. It's a benefit to the campaign. So it's an end run around campaign finance rules. So they're not saying, oh, well, Donald Trump is completely innocent. They're just saying that the, that, that the DA is being politicizing it because he's prosecuting this and he should be prosecuting other violent crimes in New York. That, that's it. That's that's their defense. Yeah, it's just a bizarre, uh, you know, it's it's typical MAGA logic. And I put logic in big, bold <laughs> quotes here to say New York is soft on crime. So please don't prosecute this criminal. Please don't prosecute this criminal. Prosecute other criminals. New York is soft on crime. But please don't do anything here. Please. I, you know, I, Alina Habba the other day was on one of these shows. I don't currently have the clip, but she was like, and they want to prosecute him for barely a misdemeanor. Like, you know, it's bad when one of your attorneys is like already calling your 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 actions a crime <laughs> and, and trying. How, how about how about this, Brett? <laughs> their their new one, right? That the MAGA Republicans again. Not saying Trump is innocent, right? They say the real crime here, Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg is a felon. Alvin Bragg committed a felony because the number of indictment counts, the fact that people know it's about 34 counts, that's the reason that Alan Bragg is the real felon here. And they repeat this over and over again here. This is Fox host Jesse Waters basically saying he's a felon. This this is the real felony here. here playing Waters is a clown. The Manhattan DA just sat there and went like that. But they're looking at this. This is crazy. Bragg is the one that committed the felony. Judge knows this right here. It is a felony unlawful grand jury disclosure. How do we know what's in this indictment? How does CNN know this? Because someone in the Manhattan DA's office leaked this. That's a felony. That we know is a felony, unless CNN is on the jury. And we know that's not true. So we have a case shut right there. Bragg is a felon. And he's trying to make a career for himself over this. And Bragg has interfered in this election more than Russia has or China has combined. Fascist Michael Scott. What they're is going that? With, they're going with the I'm rubber, you're glue uh, uh, legal strategy. Here's the thing I'm too. not a felon. You're felon. Okay. So on Friday, Judge like Juan Mershon issued a limited unsealing order 
which actually permits the district attorney to talk about the existence of the indictments. There's actually an order, a limited unsealing order for that purpose. And they just have their talking points. Oh, Alvin Bragg committed a felony. There's also no evidence that Alvin Bragg said anything about the number of charges uh, in, the, in the indictment at all. And again, notice they're not saying Donald Trump is innocent. They're right. saying Alvin Bragg is also a felon. And by the way, you have Alina Habib. Did you see this interview? Um, it was actually a good one. This is the Don Lemon interview, right? Unfortunately. Uh, and Don Lemon asked like the most basic questions to her too. Like this was like... This was a relatively softball interview. You know, just when she goes on Fox, the questions are so like leadingly weird. Like, can you tell us how incredible, how incredible is your defense? Go, you know, like stupid questions like that. Right. So Ben, you mean like, you mean, you mean like, did you not take the documents? Did you, did you not take them? Right. You wouldn't do that. that, Right. In the same interview, Hannity was like, all right. I'm going to let's not do questions here. You seem not to be good at questions. I'm going (laughs) to you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, this actually happened. I'm going to give you the names of people who are really bad. Can you just say they are bad when I read the names for you? Okay, let's let's do this. Let's give this a try. Putin. I love him. I love him. He's great. Okay, but but you sure President Xi, I get along with him. He is great. Kim Jong-un. People don't want me to say this. A really great person. <laughs> Mitch, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Total scum. Mitch McConnell, has, Mitch McConnell has ruined the Republican Party. Barack Obama. You know what? I don't really know him. I don't know much about the guy. I, I, I kid you not. I kid you not. That was basically word for word what he said. We'll try to pull that up in a little bit. But let me just show you what happens when Alina Habba gets asked very basic questions by Don Lemon about the process of Donald Trump being reigned. And you also see she has that talking point as well. Bragg's the felon. We, we, We all know that. Here, play this clip. Do you support the transparency of having cameras in the courtroom? I think it depends. Um, I think this this whole uh, rigmarole, really, for lack of better words, has been through leaks, which I don't appreciate as an attorney. I think that transparency is very important. I'm going to leave that decision to the criminal team. But as somebody who's represented the president in court, I like transparency. Um, I think that in certain situations, it's a good thing. I do have a problem with leaking of pictures. I think that it's it, because we're in a campaign, because he's the leading GOP candidate, it, it's not going to help anything. Um, but you're, you're talking I know that, about that he'll, the possibility, be, he'll be transparent. You're talking about the possibility of a mugshot. You would prefer not to have a mugshot of the, of the former president. Is that what you're saying, Alina? The, I, I don't see a purpose in it. You know, the, the reality is, like, like the person prior mentioned, mugshots are for people so that you recognize who they are. He is the most recognized face in the world, let alone the country right now. So there's no need for that. There's no need for the theatrics, no. So let's remember that the real crime here that we have is that D.A. Bragg did leak that there were 30 to 34 counts. We already know that that in itself is a felony. You are not to let that go. So uh, at this point, I mean, and, and I like Alina, everybody we in this don't country know to be treated the, the same no matter the DJ, we don't know if, if the DA leaked that information. That is speculation. Well, we don't have that information, so 
Well, it's not speculation. We don't have the information. So it came from their office. So your client has attacked the judge in this case, posting online that the judge hates him, that he was handpicked by Bragg and the prosecutors, and that he railroaded and strong-armed Alan Mm -hmm. Weisselberg. Why would he do that? I think that's a fact. I think that we have a... um, Many judges, frankly, and I'm I'm before some of them, who have shown a venomous and uh, vitriol against President Trump that is like nothing we've ever seen in the state of New York and practicing for as many years as I have. I've never seen cases move so fast unless they're Donald Trump. I've never seen lopsided discovery issues. And I think he has a serious concern. I think that's how he feels. And he has a right to voice that. It's a First Amendment right. Okay, there's so many things I want to say about this video, but can we start with the first, her misuse of the word rigmarole? And she said- (laughs) For lack of a better word. (laughs) She called it rigmarole, number one, and a rigmarole is a lengthy and complicated procedure, a long rambling story or statement. And- I don't know what she's referring to as a rigmarole here. And she just, yeah, for lack of better words, I'm just going to use the word salami sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just, it's not, it, you know, it, you know, it has nothing to do with anything about what she was saying uh, at, at all. Um, what, what's the rigam what's the rigmarole here anyway? But then she goes in and she's like, She's for transparency, she said, and she seems to be like she she's okay with cameras in the courtroom. But then Trump's other lawyers filed a motion with the judge. And and I kid you not, this is what the motion says that they just filed. Quote, we have grave concerns that audiovisual recordings of tomorrow's arraignment will only further exacerbate an already almost circus-like atmosphere around this case. Pause for a second. Who's creating the circus-like atmosphere around the case? By the way, Donald Trump was given the opportunity by the district attorney's office to do this arraignment by Zoom. So there would be absolutely no circus-like atmosphere at all. Donald Trump, according to sources, says he views himself like Jesus Christ. Uh, This is what the sources were telling Rolling Stone, and that he wanted to go there to show his supporters how he was basically doing this on their behalf and how he was suffering for them, basically. And and so who's the one creating this into a circus, by the way? And then uh, Trump's lawyer's motion goes on to say, quote, We believe that any photography or video of tomorrow's proceedings will detract from both the dignity and decorum of the proceedings and courtroom and will necessarily interfere with the fair administration of justice. Pause there. In addition to the utter gaslighting, here's what I love about Donald Trump's lawyers. They're so dumb. And... (laughs) They do not think two steps ahead, right? Because that quote, if I'm district attorney Alvin Bragg, right, I will use that quote that they put out there all the time against them when Donald Trump makes all of these posts. If I wanted a gag order, I would say we concur 
with Donald Trump's counsel. You know, we believe in the dignity and decorum of the proceedings uh, in this courtroom. So we believe that when Donald Trump posts on his social media platform that the district attorney is animal scum or George Soros, blah, 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 and posts photos of himself with a baseball bat looking like he's going to bludgeon the district attorney. You know what? That demeans the dignity and decorum of the proceedings and courtroom. But like, and then of course it's a gaslighting statement, but it's going to backfire that statement on them. And finally, this is what they said in their motion. As your honor is well aware, this case presents extraordinary security concerns, including secret service related concerns. And we submit that any video or photography of the proceedings will only heighten these serious concerns. Now, what, what what is that even why why would video and photography of the proceedings what does that have anything to do with these security concerns and by the way this was what you wanted to happen you did yeah. not want the zoom arraignment and by the way the same people who are like against the capitol police department saying that we shouldn't release the surveillance footage because it would lead to potentially the deaths of lawmakers here you go let's let the capitol security footage out there so there's absolutely no consistency here at all it's complete and utter gaslighting but it just goes to show you what they're really after here it's just the performative propaganda over and over again. They want to create the circus-like atmosphere outside, but then they don't want the cameras inside to show what a little weak, coward traitor he is and how scared he is and that his hands are going to be all sweaty. And he is going to feel for the first time that he is being held accountable. They don't want people to see that. Yeah. And you have Trump, all, all the reporting. This is this is what the sources are saying who are, you know, speaking out about Trump's thoughts on this atmosphere. And Trump actually wants a circus like atmosphere, despite what he is saying in that filing. And according to reports, Trump is vowing to escalate his attacks against Bragg. I mean, he's been so tame up until this <laughs> but he's vowing to escalate his attacks against Bragg. And apparently in a private moment over the weekend at Mar-a-Lago, he said to somebody that it's time to quote, and this is quoting Donald Trump, politically fuck him up regarding Bragg. That's what he said. And so think about that now as we played the Alina Haba clip, as we played the Jesse Waters clip. And you know, this is happening. Like we 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 just told you guys listening that we've been noticing these patterns in real time of what they're trying to do, how they're trying to smear Bragg. You see it in the Fox echo chamber. If you look at all Fox News' tweets, all their tweets are about Bragg and about you know trying to smear him. And look, he let this person go and he let this person go and he let mm -hmm. that person go. And oftentimes they leave out some pretty key information about <laughs> the people he let go, like that the people were actually the victims themselves of the crime um, and not the other way around. That was one of the stories I saw today. Just, just so obscene. But you I'm saw really how this information is laundered this disinformation you see how it is laundered you saw alina haba do it as a little test balloon on cnn with don lemon yep. then you saw it get picked up by the fox news world and jesse water screaming it and now just minutes ago you see donald trump pushing the same exact talking points on his social media app donald trump saying wow district attorney bragg just illegally leaked the various points and complete information on the pathetic indictment against me i know the reporter and so unfortunately does he this must mean he must be immediately indicted 
all caps. Now, if he really wants to clean up his reputation, he will do the honorable thing as district attorney and indict himself. He will go down in judicial history and his Trump hating wife will be, I am sure, very proud of him. So there he gets to attack Bragg, attack his wife, spread this ridiculous theory that, oh, it's actually indict Bragg. Bragg should indict himself. And then you see just how toxic, how 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 big of a liar these people are. And it's really the essence of what you see in other countries like Russia and North yep. Korea, this propaganda that they're pushing. Yeah. It's no different. It's no different. So You're don't so right. think that it can't happen here. That's exactly what they're doing. And, Two and quick I comments. Show, I want to show the polling in a little bit, though. And, and, and here's the thing. Donald Trump, by and large, is detested in the United States of America. Yet again, the MAGA Republican propaganda and the large media networks want to normalize this, but he is a detested figure. And he is a loser. He is a complete loser, loses over and over and over again. Yet they continue to, to propagate this idea that like, they're great, you know, and, and, and America loves this guy. I want to just play this clip right now of Jason Chaffetz, uh, former member of Congress. Uh, and, and this is what Chaffetz is saying. And Chaffetz says um, the following about Donald Trump posting, you know, about death and destruction and all of Donald Trump's threats about the district attorney here. Play this clip of Jason Chaffetz, who's now a contributor on Fox. Play this clip. What Trump actually said was it's known by all that no crime has been committed and also known that potential death and destruction in such a false charge could be catastrophic for our country. Uh, does that worry you at all? Look, Donald Trump is always going to take the non-conventional way of doing things. He's going to defend himself. He's not just going to sit back and take it and let some other attorney go out and talk. I'm sure every attorney would advise their client, just don't say anything. But that's not Donald Trump. And that's why America loves the guy, is that he will go right into the face of whatever's coming after him and get back in their grill and tell him exactly what he thinks. Okay, America does not love the guy. Number one, his approval rating is completely in the tank. Uh, that's number one. Um, yeah, pull this up. In the most recent poll, majority of Americans actually approve of Trump indictment. Then there's the statement, what are you going to do? Just let some other attorney go out and speak? What are they even talking about there? Is Alvin Bragg posting on uh, Twitter photos of himself like – uh, beating up Donald Trump. Like, who are the other, what are you even talking about? There is no other attorneys out there, um, you know, who, uh, who, who, who are saying anything. I mean, it's just complete. And then it goes, well, Donald Trump, of course, he needs to defend himself. Yeah. Well, you defend yourself in court. You defend yourself through the normal process. And that again, by the way, that doesn't look that dissimilar, by the way, from the way 60 Minutes portrayed Marjorie Taylor Greene. When you think about it, he's just got these real big opinions and he's going to defend himself. Brett, what are we hearing? 
Well, what are we what are we hearing? Well, first, I just want to address that. Um, and I want to say, you know, all these people are kind of deluded in their own ways because they're all in their little bubbles, right? Like Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks she is the most popular person on the planet <laughs> because she is in a gerrymandered district where a lot of the people in her district think like her and she wins elections very easily. Now, there are these reports and Trump said it at the rally in Waco that that she should run for Senate. That's the, the Donald Trump says Marjorie Taylor Greene should run for Senate. And she's so flattered and she's considering it. The next election, I think, would be in 2026 uh, for Senate in, in Georgia. Uh, and the Republican Party, who actually know, understands data a, at some level, is panicking and freaking out because they know that she would get absolutely crushed if she faces <laughs> off against John Ossoff, like she would get absolutely crushed. But these people overestimate their popularity because they surround themselves both online and in real life in these MAGA bubbles. Like Jim Jordan, have you ever seen what Jim Jordan's congressional district looks like? It's not normal, folks. It's it's not normal. Have you ever seen what Dan Crenshaw's district in Texas looks like? It's not a natural-shaped district. Let me just say that. And on Fox News, it's sort of the same thing. They're sort of gerrymandered into their own kind of viewership. And yes, that's their viewership. That's their base. Um, however, that's not the country at large. That's just what they are surrounding themselves in and they have positioned themselves as we are going to try to appease and we are going to try to entertain these 20% of deranged people in the country. And so while they get big numbers, it's because just all of them are watching them for the most part. That's why they were so freaked out when Newsmax came along and started stealing some of their thunder and taking away the conspiracy theorists. But at large, they do not represent even close to a majority of this country, and they are fooling themselves if they think that they do. I mean, you know, we're just seeing, Ben, we're seeing conflicting reports here. You know, is Trump yep. going to get his mugshot? Is he not going to get his mugshot? I mean, we'll find out tomorrow. We're at a stage right now, and we saw this also kind of um, leading up to the indictment where you had people with interest kind of planting things in the media in either direction. And you saw that with the Politico story, which was kind of proven completely wrong about they're not going to vote and then this indictment's actually not going to happen. And, and so I just wouldn't even trust any reporting. We'll see what happens tomorrow as far as mugshots and specifics or whatever. But let's also, uh, while we're at it though, let's, let's talk about some normal news. Could we talk about President Biden pushing his economic agenda in Minnesota? And then can we also talk about these like laboratories of authoritarianism and autocracies. We have to talk about. We have to talk about it. Let, let, I I really think that this is probably even the most important segment on this episode. It so is. make sure you stay tuned right after this quick break. Now let's take a quick break to talk about our next sponsor, Neurohacker Quality of Mind. Now just like you, throughout the course of a workday, we here at the Midas Touch Network, we're juggling a lot of different tasks and assignments. That's why we're so proud to partner with Neurohacker Quality of Mind to keep us focused and improve our memories. A transforming willpower and productivity can in turn transform tons of life habits for the better, from workouts to job performance to life goals. And that's why it's so important to have a sharp memory in today's working environment. Look, we've all misplaced something before and ended up down on ourselves, whether it be our keys or leaving something at work, because like, how, how could we forget that? Well, worry no more. Our sponsor, Neurohacker, combines 28 of the most research-backed nootropic ingredients on Earth into the ultimate brain fuel formula, 
quality of mind. And it's been changing people's lives for years now. For my daily mental health performance and supporting long-term brain health, quality of mind is indispensable. It's so cool to take a health product where you don't have to worry if it's working because, well, it is. Now, I notice the difference in just days to my focus, my mood, my memory, and my willpower to get things done. The formula, it's non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in each ingredient's effect on mental clarity. It's also backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee. So you have almost three months to try Qualia Mind at no financial risk and decide for yourself. See what the best brain fuel formula on earth can do for your mindset. Go to neurohacker.com slash Midas for $100 off. That's only $39 a bottle. And as a listener of the Midas Touch podcast, use code Midas at checkout for an extra 15% off your first purchase. That's neurohacker.com slash Midas to try Qualia Mind with code Midas to experience life-changing mental performance. Let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Zbiotics. Now, if you're like me, you've probably skipped a workout because of drinks the night before. Like, it happens. But if you're committed to your healthy routine, you need Zbiotics. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it most. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol, drink responsibly, and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. Now, I can't lie, after we hit 1 million subscribers, I may have partied a little bit too much that night. But luckily, I knew I had Zbiotics. Now, as instructed, I drank a bottle of Zbiotics before any alcohol, and I was amazed at just how good I felt the next day. Give Zbiotics a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com slash Midas to get 15% off your first order when you use Midas at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, head to zbiotics.com slash Midas and use the code Midas at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode. And while we were on a commercial break there, we are learning from Michael Isikoff, chief investigative correspondent at Yahoo News, is reporting Donald Trump will be placed under arrest on Tuesday and inform that he has been charged with 34 felony counts for falsification wow. of business records. Each of those counts, felony counts, 34 felony counts that is being reported by Michael Isikoff, chief investigative correspondent at Yahoo News. We knew there were 34 counts. We believe there to be 34 counts. And now the reporting is each of those counts uh, are felonies. So just wanted to give everybody that update. That's why it's good to stay through those commercial breaks, because right yeah. after those commercial breaks, sometimes you get the biggest gems <laughs> of the episode. But Brett, I think this segment right now is so important, right? We talk about these laboratories of autocracies, laboratories of authoritarianism. And I, I think David Pepper so aptly coined that term because we used to think of states as laboratories for democracy right. and laboratories of a way to kind of perfect our constitution, to make things better, to focus on how do people 
get more benefits? How do we make people's lives better? But what we're seeing in places like Tennessee and Florida, especially these places that have these Republican supermajorities, we're seeing what fascism looks like. We're seeing fascism here, and they're the places that are experimenting on, okay, how do we seize complete control of women's bodies? And it's a race to how do we stop all equality and how do we go after the trans community and the LGBTQ plus like they're focused on all those issues about how which state can hate the most, it seems, which state can use government to attack businesses the most. And it's really disgusting. And talk about what's happening in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, what's happening in Tennessee is really, really horrific right now. But it's, you know, the one good thing is that it's great to see the people standing up. But obviously, there was a horrific shooting in Nashville recently. And in the wake of the horrific shooting, the people of Tennessee got together and they went to the state capitol to peacefully protest for gun safety. They wanted their voices to be heard. And along with the protesters, a few of the Tennessee state representatives joined them, including Representative Gloria Johnson, who's a friend of the show, has been on the show, an incredible representative, uh, Justin Jones, a Tennessee state representative who's also been on the show, um, young guy, just incredibly impressive. He, we loved having him on the show also. And Tennessee Representative Justin Pearson also uh, joined in on the protests. And there was some footage going around the other day. It was really inspiring. They were singing songs. They were making their voices heard. And you see, even today, you see these protests through the streets in Nashville. Just such an incredible sight of young people coming together to demand that Republicans act, do something in the face of all the senseless gun violence that is happening in the state and around the country. They just want the Republicans to do something here. So what do Republicans do? Do they try to address the problems? Do they try to fix gun violence? No, they try to punish the people who are pushing for gun reform, for gun safety legislation. And they start by targeting Gloria Johnson, Justin Jones, and Justin Pearson, the three Tennessee state representatives who I had just brought up, the ones who stood in solidarity with the folks who were protesting. And I'll play you first a a short clip that Representative Tennessee Representative Gloria Johnson posted today uh, from one of these protests so you could get a sense of the vibe and and, and hear the crowd. So in a, in a true Republican way, uh, like we were saying earlier, the way they weaponize disinformation and that I'm rubber, your glue philosophy that I joked about earlier, they see that and they see the protests at the Capitol and they go, oh, that's an insurrection, insurrection, insurrectionists, insurrectionists. And then using that line of attack, very Russian kind of disinformation, just disgusting, disgusting behavior. Using that line of attack, what they're doing is they're now weaponizing their office in an attempt to expel Gloria Johnson, Justin Jones, and Justin Pearson. And they have the votes to do it. 
They have this Tennessee House Speaker, Cameron Sexton, just an absolutely disgusting guy who's putting forth a motion to expel the three. They've already, as of the time of this recording, kicked them off all of their committees and they deactivated all of their key cards that even get them into the building. That's the kind of revenge that they are getting, all because they had the nerve to stand with the people of Tennessee and demand gun safety legislation. I just want to tell you about this Tennessee House of Representatives and these Tennessee Republicans just a little bit. This is the same Republican Party who just recently passed permitless carry in the state, even though the people of the state did not want it. This is the same Tennessee House Republicans that refused to vote to expel an admitted sex offender that is still a Tennessee state representative. There's this guy, Representative David Byrd. He admitted on tape to molesting high school girls that he coached. He was like a basketball coach or, or something like that. He admitted to it on tape, apologized to them, admitted that he did it. And Gloria Johnson, who they are seeking to expel right now, and they've introduced this uh, the, the motion to expel her. Gloria Johnson actually posted it uh, just moments ago. Here, I'll pull it up for, for the folks watching. Uh, Gloria Johnson was one of the main voices on the Democratic side who was demanding that Republicans expel their admitted sex offender from the house. So this is their way also of getting revenge against representative Gloria Johnson. And you know, I think we also have to take note of the fact that the three people who they are trying to expel from the Tennessee House are Gloria Johnson a woman and Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, two black men. I mean, we mm-hmm. have to we have to yeah. acknowledge that that is also what is going on here. The racism, the misogyny, it's on full display right now and they are just so bloodthirsty for power here in Tennessee, that this is a true example of weaponization of the government. That's why I believe that this right here might be the most important story that we talk about today. And so, you know, I'm not honestly sure 100% what we could do at this moment in time, but I urge everybody here, if you can make calls to the Tennessee Speaker's office, his number, I'll give it to you right now. It's a public number, so I could give it out. It's 615-741-2343. That's 615-741-2343. Or you could shoot him an email rep.cameron.sexton at capital.tn.gov. Send him an email. Let him know your thoughts. Make your voice be heard. You know, I'm happy to see these young people out there uh, protesting, um, but it's really a horrific, horrific, evil, anti-democratic, just fascism in open sight what we are seeing here. And here's the short clip of Justin Jones speaking about this earlier today. Want to make sure that Justin Jones' voice is heard. This is one of the Tennessee state representatives who is on the chopping block here uh, due to this motion to expel. So what's going on here in Tennessee today? So three of us lawmakers who stood with our constituents demanding that they take action and hear that thousands of people gathered on Thursday talking about the crisis of mass shootings. Um, we're, are, we've been kicked off our committees as, as representatives elected by our constituents. Each of us represents 78,000 people. And our people are being silenced because they're kicking us off committees. They're threatening to take a vote to expel us today. Um, our member ID badges have been shut off. Um, our, our representative ID badges have been shut off. Um, and this is not what democracy looks like. You know, we are elected to serve our constituents. And um, I'm the youngest Democratic lawmaker here, uh, in the most diverse district. And by shutting me down, they're shutting down the, the voice of my constituents. Um, so this is uh, one of my constituents, Ms. Brooks, and so um, whose family was, was hit um, and, 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 you know, a, a victim of, of the master Walt Pals. 
mass shooting. And so we're here to speak for them. And they won't even let us speak for our people. They wouldn't let us talk on the floor. They shut our microphones off. Um, they, they, they shut our voting machines off. We couldn't even talk about the issue. And so when we went to the well to, to force the issue, they, they called us insurrectionists and are now trying to expel us from the legislature. And, and they're calling them insurrectionists. I mean, how disgusting is that? Call them insurrectionists because they want common sense gun reform that's it common common sense hey you know maybe if we make members of the military i don't know like take a test and show that they're qualified to handle the exact same weapon that we're just randomly giving to civilians i don't know (laughs) maybe we also have the civilian kind of go through some of the same standards like maybe we have just some kind of common sense steps that we take here and by the way that Americans overwhelmingly support because it's just complete and utter madness out there that you have this fetishization of AR-15s and weapons of war because MAGA Republicans, to use Jamie Raskin's uh, line, have an insurrectionist view of the Second Amendment where they believe that everybody should be armed with anything they want to destroy the government. That's what Timothy McVeigh believed. That was mm-hmm. Timothy McVeigh's view of the Second Amendment. And I'll tell you, you put Timothy McVeigh quotes right next to modern day MAGA Republicans. They are I- almost identical, yeah. pretty much yep. identical. Yep. You couldn't tell a McVeigh quote from a MAGA Republican quote on their view of guns. And that's not what the Second Amendment says. You go back historically to Republican appointed Supreme Court justices. They never viewed the Second Amendment that way. It is this new breed of MAGA Republicans who are not for democracy, who view the arming of the MAGA Republicans with these weapons of war as a way to overthrow the government for the fascist takeover. That's not hyperbole. That's that's actually what they believe. I I just want to say that. I just want to say this too. What, what these Tennessee Republicans are, are saying right now and the actions that they've taken is that they care more about the Democratic leadership actually trying to solve a problem, do, do their jobs, than they do about the murdered children. That's the Republican Party, folks. And so I want to honestly ask our audience too, and I don't blame you if you, if you hadn't heard about this story from Tennessee because it's not getting wall-to-wall coverage, but it should. And don't feel bad about it. But I just want to use that as another example of where legacy media is failing you. This story should be one of the most, the most important story right now. And and just by and large, networks are failing. Well, let's all make some noise here because it really is horrific to see what they're doing. And obviously, there's also the blatant intellectual dishonesty where if they really want to go down that road and call a peaceful protest at a state capitol an insurrection, then what do you call a uh, riot at the United States capitol that turns into a domestic terrorist attack in which you are gouging the eyes out of police officers, slamming them in between doors, spraying them with mace killing police officers, hitting them over the head with American flagpoles. What do you call that? 
then, okay? And this is happening, unfortunately, all across the country. And if you're watching this live, I, I put the, the phone number and the email in the chat if you want to make your make your voice heard and, and, and do what you can. But this is happening all over the country, and we can move to Florida as well. And wh- while we're on this note of gun violence and, and gun safety, Florida, DeSantis, you know, they're, they're just pushed through a, their own permitless carry legislation kind of in the dead of night without much fanfare. And it goes against what the people of Florida want. It goes against what the American people want. I mean, they're, they've done polls on this and it's like an astronomical amount of people. I have one of the polls up, you know, right in front of me here that uh, overwhelming majority, 76% of Floridians strongly support universal background checks. 61% of Floridians oppose permitless carry. And so just think about those two numbers right there. Let's just start right there. And now think that this Republican legislature going against the will of the people passing these laws. It's just that's I mean, what we are seeing is everything Republicans accuse Democrats of in terms of it's this is tyranny of the majority. That's what Republicans do the second they have power. They go and use their power to crush opposition, to attack others, to attack you, to attack private businesses. This is what we're seeing all across the board. And on that note, we see we saw recently this whole situation. We did a, a great video on it with our, our new Midas Touch contributor, Dina Dahl. I recommend you all watch that video for a full break of the Disney DeSantis situation, but I'll give you a kind of a brief overview, which is that DeSantis got completely humiliated by Disney recently. He made all this fanfare. He made it the biggest thing in the world that he was going to shut down the corporate kingdom and he was going to go against Disney because Disney had the nerve to say that they supported equality. How horrible. Oh my goodness. And so he made it his mission to punish them for going against his don't say gay bill for speaking out with the most, Jordy, I'm going to use it again, the most kind of milk toast uh, state. Um, that that they could possibly make even about it, you know, that they support equality. Uh, how controversial. And that enraged DeSantis, enraged the Florida Republicans, and he wanted to strip them of their special status that they've had for decades and decades and decades. But here's the thing with these fascist wannabes. They're incompetent. <laughs> They're very incompetent, and they surround themselves with wildly incompetent people. So throughout this whole pro process, I think a lot of people were kind of scratching their heads a little bit. And when Disney came out and said, yeah, we're not going to fight this one. Proceed. You got you got this. You take it from here. And everyone was like, that's interesting. Why, why isn't Disney pushing back hard enough? Well, it's because they were playing the long game and they were being smarter. And what they did is they had the board as the, when they controlled the board, the Reedy Creek of the Reedy Creek district, their special district, they had the board make an agreement with Disney that gave that stripped all the power of the incoming board almost entirely and gave all the decision-making power to Disney in nearly perpetuity. And if not in perpetuity, what they put in the contract was that the agreement, if it can't be uh, done by perpetuity, that the agreement would be in, in effect. And this is, I'm not making this up, in effect 21 years after the death of the last King Charles descendants currently living. That's an exact quote. 
That's a very long time, folks. And so he basically totally <laughs> kneecapped DeSantis at Disney and kneecapped DeSantis's entire oversight board. They came in, they took power, they read the agreement. You probably should read it before. It was done in open hearings in broad daylight, public hearings. And they were like, oh my God, we can't do anything. And not only could they not do anything, but they were actually now forced to take on a lot of the tasks that Disney was previously responsible for. They now have to pay for the roads and the infrastructure. Disney used to take care of that. And Disney has entire say over anything. So DeSantis faced this complete and utter humiliation. He's been being punched in the face metaphorically at this point by Donald Trump every single day as Donald Trump just completely humiliates him on his social media platform day in and day out. And so he's he's desperate. He's looking for a win. What could I do? So what he decides to do is exactly what all these Republicans always decide to do. Oh, you you tried to humiliate me? Well, I'm going to prosecute you. Everything that I'm accusing <laughs> all these other prosecutors, oh, this is a political persecution. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I know. I'm going to announce in a criminal and civil investigation into Disney and the Disney board for the actions because that's what authoritarians do. He was embarrassed. He was absolutely humiliated. So he decided to launch a criminal investigation into Disney because they passed legal agreements in broad daylight in public meetings that their lawyers just didn't read or didn't understand because they were too incompetent. So he literally released this letter and the whole, I mean, every time- Look at the Sharpie signature. Oh, he's such a wannabe Donnie. He got the Sharpie like Trump. His signature has changed uh, to look more like Trump's. It's just completely pathetic. All these statements are just absolutely ridiculous. So that is what DeSantis is doing right now. And meanwhile, the people of Florida are suffering from a lot of actual crises out there. They got this incredible insurance problem. They got their insurance premiums, which are absolutely skyrocketing. Like every single week, they're skyrocketing. There are a lot of people who can't even get insurance. In Florida, because like Florida, the insurance companies won't even touch it at this point. But the insurance premiums are skyrocketing. They have this devastating teacher shortage. No one wants to teach there because DeSantis is stripping all the books out of libraries and has made teachers public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. They have a rent crisis. So, of course, what does Disney, what does uh, DeSantis do? Attack Disney. That is what he decides to do. And that's what these Republicans do, though, all across the board. And that's why we need to be able to identify this across the country, whether it's happening in Tennessee, whether it's happening in Florida, wherever this is happening. What they do is they try to distract by picking these fights, these culture war battles. And as they do that, they are inflicting pain on their very own constituents and residents. And it is absolutely disgusting. And it is everything that they pretend that they are not. It's all the exact accusations that they make. That's actually who they are. And and Brett, it's because, and think about this, it's because they've always felt they can get away with it, right? Large media networks aren't going to cover it, right? And then the right-wing media, your Fox, your OAN, Newsmax, they're going to applaud you for it. They're going to champion you for it. They're going to spread all of the lies and propaganda. So for them, they see it as a no-lose proposition if they don't get called out for it. you know. And that's why when we're talking about, well, what can you do we have to frankly do what, you know, unfortunately, the, the, the Democrats have failed to do for so long, which is systemically build infrastructure, accurately build a communications infrastructure that just 
tells the truth. And you know what? The moment the Democrats start posting QAnon memes and start uh, putting AR-15 pins and start, uh, you know, following QAnon and, you know, start uh, anointing people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. But there's one adult is one adult political party right now, and that's the Democratic Party. And, you know, what we just have to amplify is the truth. And we have to call out at each and every turn this authoritarianism, this fascism, and just speak directly to American people and say, look, this this shouldn't be a political issue, right? This is just about you. It's about people like DeSantis and people like the government in Tennessee. Like, like They're playing you for fools. They're laughing at you. Behind the scenes, they are mocking you. I mean, literally, Fox hosts. They're sending text messages telling their, you know, talking about how stupid their viewers are and how dumb their viewers are. Like, that's what they're actually saying about you behind your back. And we just got to be a microphone and, and continue to continue to tell the truth. But, Brett, maybe compare what you just talked about with what's gone on in Minnesota today. I mean, it's 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 hard to even make the comparison because it's like we're living on two completely <laughs> separate planets. But while Donald Trump was traveling to New York to get arrested um, and while Tennessee lawmakers were trying to expel their Democratic lawmakers because they had the nerve to stand up for gun safety reform, President Biden traveled to Minnesota today to share his investing in America plan. And Biden spoke at a power generation facility in Minnesota. This is what I love that he's doing right now because it's, I think he's acknowledging the mistakes that Democrats have made in the past. Biden is embarking on a 20 state tour to highlight his economic agenda, you know, and those are the issues that are incredibly important to actual voters, not these MAGA lunatics that this, this 20%, but Americans care about how much money is in their wallets. They care about having a roof over their head. This is the stuff that they actually care about. So Biden has embarked on this 20-state tour where he gathers with state and business leaders. And so today he gave a speech at the Cummins Manufacturing Plant in Fridley. I I hope I'm saying all these names right. I I, I really do. And I apologize. Just run through them quickly. It's fine. No (laughs) no one will notice. Don't bring attention. And what what does he focus on there? You know, is he talking about Stormy Horseface Daniels and the political DeJay Sixth choir. No, he's he's talking about issues that are actually important to people. He's talking about investments in infrastructure. He's talking about investments in energy. He was talking about, uh, you know, like right here, good paying jobs. Since President Biden took office, the companies there have committed to invest over $2 billion across Minnesota. I mean, these are the kinds of things that are a big deal. Biden was talking about Governor Tim Walz's plan to invest $500 million in matching funds for semiconductors and biomanufacturing to go along with the federal money for manufacturing. And he applauded the governor for signing a law to deliver 100% carbon pollution free electricity across the state by 2040. And what does that mean? It means jobs. It means jobs. It means cleaner air. It means people living longer. These are all important things. And I'll play you just a small bit of Biden's speech here today, but it just shows you we're living in different universes where there's at least one party that's trying to put forth policy to actually help people and get them jobs. And you have one party that's just completely in just like bonkers land. I don't even know what to call it. But here is Biden today speaking. Here's a short snippet. Here in Minnesota, Governor Waltz and members of his his legislature are working to invest $500 million in matching funds for semiconductors and biomanufacturing to go along with our, our federal investment. 
Plus, your governor signed a historic law to deliver 100 percent carbon pollution-free electricity across the state, as one of the senators mentioned, across Minnesota by 2040. By 2040. And I mean, there you have it, folks. I mean, that's what we want out of leaders, presidents to push forward policies that actually help people, that actually help people get jobs, that actually help infrastructure, that actually helps push our country forward, rather than defining the country as whatever Donald Trump's feelings are of the day, which is what the Republican Party wants to do it. And then I'll just hit on just other major news just super quickly, which I think President Biden also deserves a ton of credit for. So this, I feel like, has slipped through the cracks also. But on Tuesday, Finland will officially become the 31st member of NATO. I think this is absolutely massive. And it shows that Putin, all of his actions in Ukraine have completely completely, completely backfired. They even use that as a justification to go into Ukraine, to invade Ukraine as we need to stop NATO NATO expansion. That's what we need to do. Uh, they did said that in, a, in addition to the Nazification, all the ridiculous things that they, they said. But, but why is Finland so important? Also, it shares an 830 mile border with Russia. So Russia's border with NATO will double, more than double after Finland's uh, entrance into NATO. So this is all big news. I want to make sure that everybody is kind of just seeing what's happening in addition to all the chaos that we are seeing on our TVs and on our social media feeds about Trump and, and everything else that is going on. But there is important progress being made out there. And that's why I truly respect the work that we see being done, you know, by actual caring politicians who actually want to do things. And that's why I love the Midas mighty here that because I know that you, the Midas mighty, are people that actually care about your fellow man, care about your fellow American, and you want to be informed and you want to get to work and you want to put in the work in order to make positive change and actually improve the lives of other people. So on that note, I just want to thank the Midas mighty for another fantastic episode here of the Midas Touch podcast. Always just you know, such a blessing to be able to do this show with my brothers, to be able to do this show uh, in front of the Midas Mighty. This is truly the best community in the world, the fastest growing pro-democracy community out there. And thank you to everybody who subscribes. Remember to hit that subscribe button right now if you haven't yet. It's Trot free. Two Remember million. to go over. Yeah, that's right. Remember to go over to our audio podcast if you haven't yet and make sure to hit subscribe on the audio Midas Touch podcast. It's free. It's easy. It takes two seconds. Do it. It truly helps us and it helps to spread the word. And hey, leave a five-star review and some nice words if you like as well. Uh, You can check out all of our sponsors again by checking out the description in this video or in this podcast. Just go. All the deals are right there. Uh, So grateful for all the sponsors who helped make the show happen and so grateful for you, the Midas Mighty. You can also support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Midas Touch. No worries if you can't, but there's some cool bonus stuff that we got there, including exclusive access to content, early access content, monthly Q&A sessions on Zoom. We're about to actually announce our monthly Q&A session pretty soon, right? right? We got to get that announcement up in the next couple of days. So so stay tuned. Um, And there's also an option for you to be a producer of this very podcast. And when we do these live podcasts, we get to flash the names of all of our incredible Patreon producers who 
make the show possible. And we are so thankful for that. your support. That's patreon.com slash Midas Touch. And I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I can't leave without showing everybody the incredible new merch that we got at store.midastouch.com, wow. including the indictment merch. season merch, the convict or convict 45. See, we prepare. We're future proof with that shirt and so much more. We got the no one is above the law to you, the newest one in there. So we were future proof, though. We did call what was happening with the Manhattan District Attorney. We did say they were going to be the first to criminally indict. Midas Touch is future proof. That's, just, that's our second it's part of it. It's just, you know, look, it's just following the data. It's following the facts. It's speaking the truth. Um, and as Brett said, it's all thanks to the Midas Mighty. We love you. None of this is possible without you. Please let anybody you know, friends, family, colleagues, coworkers, neighbors, whoever, let them know about Midas Touch. Let them know about this pro-democracy community where we love our country. We love our constitution. We work each day to make our country a better place. We care about humanity. We care about decency, right? And, and we do it with a smile and, and, and Brett, no, I got to say also big, big election in Wisconsin tomorrow. Make yes. sure that you tell everybody to get out and vote for the Supreme Court. A very, very important election. I'd be remiss if I missed to make sure that everybody contact their friends in Wisconsin and tell you to vote. And on that note, if you're listening you know today, it's today. It's Tuesday. Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. I got caught up there. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new Indictment Season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. 